Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot, inbound, and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the Spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, go. That's right, another episode of the show that you love. You're in the right spot at the spot of the moment in time. Well, on demand because that's how we roll with this thing. But hopefully you're watching, maybe you're listening Today is going to be a very interesting show, as they all are. If you have not listened or watched the last six episodes, what is wrong with you? Get to it. I mean, we've got Julie, we've got Max, we've got Doug. I'm here too, but not that that really matters. You know, Inbound 2020 is coming up. It's next week. I actually went to the uh, the website. Let me pull it up real quick. I went to the join.inbound.com website. Uh, it's pretty stinking cool. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to get there to get your agenda set up, but I wanted to talk today about like what are three sessions that each or two or one. Hey, I just want to see if you're excited about Inbound and what you're planning on attending uh, during the next two days, the 22nd, 23rd of next week. So, uh, Julie, Julie, have you had a chance to go to join.inbound.com, set up your profile and start to set up your agenda yet? I have. I went in. I made my little avatar. I picked a yellow shirt because if you're going to wear a color, it should be yellow. (laughs) I know that's going to be a hotly contested item in this call. Um, I mean, I did I was able to go in and register for some ses- for some sessions? It's a cool uh, platform that the inbound team has put together. So, what uh, what session or two or three are you most looking forward to uh, attending? So, one of the things I'm seeing this year that I haven't seen on the agenda in previous years, and maybe I've just missed them, and maybe cutting back on the number of sessions is actually a positive here. Is there are a number of HubSpot case study sessions? There's one on Service Hub automation. There is a HubSpot Academy one. Um, And I'm actually really looking forward to those because as someone who has used HubSpot for a long time, I always like to know how HubSpot uses HubSpot so I can understand sometimes in the product that comes through and not that those are limitations, but they're expectations for tool usage and methodology adoption that maybe not every client or every business uses. But if you understand how HubSpot does it and intends for it to be done, you can understand how maybe you can break it and adapt it better for yourself. So I'm super stoked to get in on some of those. Yeah, definitely. I um the service hub one, service hub automation and the workflows mm-hmm. one are two that I was like, oh, I'll, I don't I don't care who else is talking like I'm going to be at those for sure. Uh, Max, what uh, what flavor of inbound are you uh, serving up yourself this year, brother? Yeah, I'm going to be actually watching a lot of recordings because I didn't realize that inbound is falling on the day where I have a brand new set of new hires coming in. Um, so I'm going to be watching some recordings 
uh, at least in the middle of the day. I'm obviously super excited to see the two of you go toe-to-toe on the inbound versus outbound debate. That's going to be super sweet. Uh, The other one that I'm looking forward to is there is a session with uh, Bob Iger and Van Jones. I'm a big Van Jones fan, so I'm going to be interested in seeing that one. Uh, And then finally, also, Alex Gerard is doing sort of an intro to the new CMS hub. And that's something I'm like super curious about because like I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of often tasked as like the, the storyteller uh, with the new hires and, and, and trying to explain how the different parts of the tool sort of fit into the overall storyline of how a customer is using it. And, you know, with the CMS hub, like I kind of grew up on that thing being like just an extra part of HubSpot where you could build a website, but now it's its own thing. And so I'm really curious to kind of see how they're positioning it and talking about it just so I can kind of take that and put my own spin on it and, and tell the story to the new hires when it comes out. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of really great stuff. I love it. I love it. Doug. Now I know you're, you're getting up there in uh, age, so make sure on the 23rd, you do block out nine 30 to 10 30 or nine 30 to 10 uh, for that official inbound versus outbound butt whooping. Um, but other than making sure that that is uh, on your calendar, uh, what, what flavor of inbound are you serving up for yourself? Fine, sir. In, in in fairness, I do usually get up at the crack of noon. That's my uh, that's my target uh, that's my target time period. But I am definitely absolutely looking forward to September twenty third, nine thirty a.m. when we have the Thrilla in virtual Manila. Right, George, you're going oh, down. You're going down fast. Okay, you've got to watch it, people. You've got to watch it. There's literally a graphic on the screen. The rest of the host, myself, we're losing it right now. It's the what most amazing the- Photoshop God. job ever. That's incredible. Yeah, if you are only listening, um, we're probably, what, about the five-minute mark right now. Just hop over to the YouTube channel so that you can get this amazing graphic. Exquisite. It is very, very good. It is, um, wow. It's a whole well moment. Well played, mine, sir. Anatomically well accurate as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Thank yes. Beautiful. That's exactly looking- what I look like uh, when I dream. <laughs> That uh, I've been looking forward to that one. Uh, yeah, so obviously I'm looking to the uh, I'm looking looking forward to the uh, to the debate. That's going to be fun. Um, there's another great session at 12:30 on Wednesday. Um, something about eliminating friction. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a I'm doing a twofer. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, John Dick's mm. presentation. He's going to be talking about how HubSpot built a 600 million dollar company on HubSpot. So, so Julie, that gets that get that that goes right to what uh, you were um, you were saying earlier, um, and yeah, that was interesting because I had like I, I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm I never leave Club Inbound, so I'm actually looking at sessions, going wait, I'm going to see this. Um, I'm also um, uh, uh, Yamini HubSpot's new. I don't know if you can still call her new. She's been there for nine months. Um, she's going to be talking a little bit about HubSpot's flywheel. Um, you know, I, I, I think HubSpot in a number of ways is at an inflection point. Um, and, and so it's going to be really interesting to see, um, to watch them in terms of the decisions that they're making. Um, and, and what's cool is being able to see what are they saying they're going to do, right? And then you get to watch because, you know, stuff happens. Um, <clears throat> but also, um, you know, just getting to feel as, as that whole leadership team is, is, is really beginning to meld. Um, and of course, you know, I'm, I am looking forward to see what will uh, Brian and Darmesh do, um, being able to take advantage of, of, in essence, full production. So I'm, I'm expecting them to uh, to one up their uh, their Doctor Who um, intro uh, from a few years ago. 
See, do you think the Doctor Who intro is the best one? Because I still no, I, remember. I think anything that has a TARDIS is the best one. See, I I still remember the ACDC for those about to rock, like Helicopter 2012. Like, I, maybe it's because it was my yeah. first year, but I was like, this is awesome. Like, it was amazing. But, amazing. But if you go to HubSpot headquarters, you go second floor, the TARDISes are there. There's a TARDIS. They have the they, HubSpot they are orange there. TARDIS. And if you can, that's my dream. I want a TARDIS. I wanted to make my porch a TARDIS and my wife. All right. Me. I you say heard you it. just do it. You heard it. Community, it's start a GoFundMe. Start a GoFundMe on the inside for and the Dubs outside. TARDIS. I don't know, All right, Are so, you going to ask for permission or forgiveness? Ooh. You know what? Um, mm. I might not be a fast learner, Julie, but I mm. do learn eventually. Well, so. don't take mm. relationship advice from me because <laughs> I'm not the one for that. Oof, we could go in the deep end of the pool here, but I'll pull us back out. Uh, I'm excited. Yes, I will agree, Doug. Uh, Brian and Darmesh, absolutely. I'm actually really um, excited about Christopher or Chris LaDolce as well, doing a whole like HubSpot Academy webinars, growing an educational platform. But one that I'm really, really, really like, I want to see what this gentleman does is I did an interview with John Lawson, which by the way, if you're listening to this watching this and and you're still trying to set up like your inbound agenda because i'm probably going to try to release this before inbound guys because it would just make sense um if you're still trying to put your agenda together at the last minute uh john lawson is doing a session on 21 kick-ass social commerce tactics to sell more today and he just intrigued me when i did the interview so go over check out the inbound speaks interviews Definitely get your agenda built. I am really excited. Definitely make sure you go to joininbound.com and set up your profile, all those good things. Let's go ahead and get in to the section that we call, Mmm, That Hit the Spot. All right, today I brought an article for all of us to talk about. And uh, really the question that I lean into is uh, delighting your customers or not. Now, first of all, let me put a little background to the reason that I actually brought this article forward is because I just did another interview uh, with Ben Long from Media Junction about delighting your customer. And uh, many times in life we get in this camp of like, well, this is my camp and I'm going to be in this camp. And sometimes I like to uh, literally give myself a right hook. And go and see what people are saying about the opposite side of what you might think is right. And so uh, there's there's this article, uh, Harvard Business Review. You may have heard of uh, that. And it's Stop Trying to Delight Your Customers. And I read it and I was like, this needs to be on the show. Uh, I need to hear Doug <laughs> riff on this article. And I want to know what Julie and Max think about this article and... I just want to hear Doug Riff on this article. So I was like, I'm putting in the show notes. We got to go. So there's a couple things for me when I was actually going through this that I want to what I want to point out that were were interesting moments for me. There's one where it says research shows loyalty has a lot more to do with how well companies deliver on the basics. Might I even say plain vanilla promises 
uh, versus dazzling or this kind of amazing experience might be. Yet most companies have failed to realize this and pay dearly in terms of wasted investments and lost customers. So like, and I do worry about this, right? It's this matter of like, you hear HubSpot and you hear people say, delight your customers, delight your customers. And they're so focused on this, like, let's make a wow experience that they're not paying attention to the basic fundamental foundations of what needs to be there for their company. Um, I like that this article, when, when they were going into this, they were trying to answer three major questions. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because as you're listening or watching this, you have to ask yourself, how important is customer service uh, to loyalty? And wrap your brain around that before you read the article. Which customer service activities uh, increases loyalty and which don't? I want you to write that down before you read this article. Um, and can companies increase loyalty without raising their customer service operating cost? You may think so. You may think not. One last little piece and I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to see what the what the clan says about this. Um, delighting customers doesn't build loyalty. Hmm. Reducing their effort, the work they must do to get their problems solved does. What say you, crew? I'm super interested. I I loved this article. Um, and I think I, I I'm I'm trying to like figure out if it's because it <clears throat> it provided a lot of uh confirmation bias to the way that like I talk about uh, uh the strategy behind delight when it comes to what we talk about in new hire training. Um because like, it's, it's so true. Like the idea of just doing anything and everything to make your customer happy by any means possible, right? Sort of this whole mentality that KFC, I think it was KFC that, that said the customer is always right, right? That, that doesn't necessarily delight your customers. You know what I mean? Um, for me, the, the example that I always like to use, and, and when, we, when we talk about this, like the three sort of pillars that we think about when it comes to delighting people, uh, especially because this always comes into the, you know, when we start talking about the service hub, we start talking about the strategy behind it. Um, there's three sort of big things you want to think about. The first two are the ones that I think are really important. Uh, the first one is help customers help themselves. And the second one is creating a frictionless customer experience. And what that basically means is that helping customers help themselves should be like one of your first priorities when it comes to delight, because you got to think about how like the reason inbound like marketing, for example, works in the first place. We all have the inherent urge to try to solve problems on our own, I think, right? That's why we use Google and other means to try to find an answer to a problem as quick as we can, right? Think about the last time you had a problem with your iPhone. Did you immediately say, oh, I'm going to go call Apple Care or I'm going to get on a chat with Apple Care? No, you probably tried to read some articles online to figure out what was wrong with your phone first, right? We'll do anything and everything, I feel, at least I will, to try to not get on the phone with customer service because I think we've all been conditioned through our lives that customer service or getting on the phone with a customer service person or customer support, however you want to think about it, is inherently not so great of an experience, right? Because we think we're going to have to explain ourselves over and over as we get passed along. We think we're not, they're not going to understand our problem or they're just giving us some pre-fed BS on how to solve the problem and they don't truly get it. So like, I think we'll always try to start online and find an answer before we have to actually interact with a human. So I agreed with a lot of what this had to say, but I don't want to draw on about it too much more. I want to let some other people get in here. Um, but I, I really love the article. Yeah, I think I uh, I'm, I mostly agree, Max. Um, 
what I felt like when I was reading this article was, yeah, but this is not not delighting your customers, right? This is another one of those examples of like, let's have the big title. Yeah. uh, And then like reframe with some very practical advice. Um, So there are certainly things that I can like pull out that I, I liked quite a bit, but you know, my overall feeling was if you are doing these things really well, you are probably delighting your customers, but you're not coming at it from the approach of, Oh, what can I do to delight my customers? Right. You're just doing things to provide good customer service. Yeah. The title feels foundational. The title I think applies a very specific definition to the word delight. And that is it almost, I, I can't remember what they said. They said something about giving away free like discounts or, or free service or give away this, give away that, give away this, give away that. And, you know, to me, that doesn't mean delight, right? Um, the other stuff it's saying to do to me is how I, I is, is more closely to how I define delight, right? Expect, and like, number one, deliver on what you actually promised, right? Don't sell your product as a magic pill. Like I always tell new hires, especially the sales folks, HubSpot is a tool. It's a hammer. You have to swing it. It's a wonderful flywheel. You have to put the work in, prepare them for that and be honest about it. Don't just say it's going to solve all their problems immediately because it's not right. Um, But again, you can, I don't want to talk just about sales. Max is fired up. Max is fired up. I'm going to shut up just because, yeah. I love this. I love this. Um, I really liked the um, the third point in this article, which was minimizing channel switching and improving self-service. Um, anytime I've worked with a client um, in any type of like contact center, customer service type of space, right? It's self-service, self-service. Even in like HR employee self-service and things like that, um, it's self-service is such a buzzword, but every like self-service platform is trash or so many of them are trash. Um, that this idea of like, no, 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 just like the thing that you want people to do and go to and serve themselves, make that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make that better. Make the experience better. Yes, please, please. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting nervous because Doug looks like a puma about to pounce. Like he's taking a sip of water. He's quietly waited to be last. Like I don't. I don't know what's about to come to, here. But so one thing to note: this uh, this article is actually an excerpt, or it, it's it's the article written for Harvard Business Review from the book The Effortless Experience, um, which was done by CEB. So this actually followed up Challenger Sale. Um, so, so first off, just, I mean, I, I would highly recommend the book. It, it is, it, it's an excellent book. Um, and, and it is fastidiously research backed, right? So, I mean, it, 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 there, it's, it's legit, legit stuff here. Um, so a couple things I'm listening, you know, the article, um, you know, the, the different takes, uh, I, I think the first problem is that, that the problem with the word delight is we attach meanings to, to the word delight. I had a client that talked about pursuing the wow experience. That's what they were. And, and the problem was their customer actually, they, they didn't want a wow experience. Um, it's kind of like an airline, right? What's the, what's a wow experience for an airline? What's the perfect experience for you when you fly, when, when remember the days when we used to get on planes and flew yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. The ideal that experience I was that you I wanted safe. That's wow. That's a, that's a and, and my luggage is well, there. Yeah. 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 You want 
land safe on time, my luggage is there, right? The definition of the perfect flight experience is it's absolutely, totally forgettable, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which, which is why customer service is perceived to be so bad in the airline industry, because by definition, anything that's noticeable that happens is by definition, by definition negative, because you want a completely forgettable experience. Um, I wrote one of the very first blog posts I wrote in 2005 was um, defining a four seasons experience. I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago. People want what they want when they want it, preferably without having to ask. Um, and everyone misunderstood it to think that I was, cause I used four seasons that I meant an upscale experience. So I followed that up with Walmart provides a four seasons experience, or at least they used it. And, and so, you know, delight is relative to who you're working with, um, where, where, where you can get rid of, you know, you can get some of that takeaway. What, what I'm actually going to take issue with, though, is I don't agree that humans naturally want to solve problems on their own. As a matter of fact, that that kind of goes against everything we know about human bi- biology and psychology. We are, mm-hmm. we're herd creatures, we're tribe creatures. Um, and, and Max, a lot of what you said was the reason that we naturally want to solve problems on our own is because we have lots of bad solve experiences. Um, you know, I had a problem with, with DoorDash the other night, right? And this is a huge issue in this whole direct-to-consumer, e-commerce, gig economy. You know, I order something, stuff gets screwed up. I can't find anybody to talk to. I can't find anybody to, to, to resolve the problem. Let's ask the question, why are all these SaaS companies creating self-serve? They're not creating self-serve because that's what their customers want. They're creating self-serve because that's what they have to do to meet the economic model of their business, mm-hmm. right? They can't afford to give that customer experience, right? And, and so um, th- this is where, you know, a, a lot of what the, the study did was it took a look at the, you know, the economic outcomes. Um, we also fall into this place where we talk about friction and we talk as if all friction is bad. Um, it's the issue I have with the idea of the frictionless experience or the frictionless service experience. Um, what you want to make sure of is that your friction is isolated to areas that matter. Mm. Because when my iPhone doesn't work, I'll go to Google. Absolutely. But when I'm all of a sudden, like I'm finding it hard to breathe or, or I see something weird on my arm or whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm probably, I I don't want to go to Google. As a matter of fact, why do we go to Google? We go to Google because we can't call our doctor in most places, Mm -hmm. right? So, so it's, it's bad experiences that are driving that. The other place where I think we get ourselves into a lot of trouble is we focus. um, I think I mentioned before, good arts law is the moment you take a good measure and you turn it into a target. You, it stops being a good metric. Um, Loyalty. We talk about loyalty as the objective. Loyalty is a byproduct. Right. And customer service doesn't drive loyalty. Um, Satisfaction doesn't drive loyalty. You know what drives loyalty? Do you solve my problem better than the other alternatives that that, that I have there? And so, you know, in many ways, customer loyalty is driven by the same type of thing that drives customer growth. It drives new customer growth. Who is your customer? Do you solve for them? Are you better than the alternatives? Does it take less effort? Right. And, and, and that's why the name of the book I thought was great is is effortless is the effortless experience. And, and I think where where so many people spend so much time um, trying to delight, I think if we looked at it and we said, how do how can we reduce effort? And sometimes reducing effort is let's make it self-serve. 
but sometimes it's not right. And, and understanding those differences um, and, 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 you know, let's look at it. What, what is, let's pick on a, you know, we're all fans of HubSpot here, right? What does HubSpot have? HubSpot has their premium tech support, right? Why do they have premium tech support if everybody wants to go and solve the problem on their own? Cause HubSpot has as good a knowledge base as anybody out there. Well, they have premium tech support because, well, to our customers that are willing to pay extra for it, we will reduce the effort because, you know, we'll let you talk to somebody who's well-trained, who has more experience, who maybe knows something about you. And instead of you having to go, you know, and, you know, search through 17 articles to try to get to the one point that you have. So I think that it's really, you know, you've got to define what are you solving for? Um, and, and the last, my last point is I think what, I think what every customer wants from a business um, is a variation of leadership. Right. In essence, what I want, when I have a relationship with you where you make my choices for me, that, that is all, and that's why Apple is so successful, right? Apple is, is a juggernaut because they make the choices for their customers. And so I don't have to think when I use Apple. I'll pause. So, 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 there's, so there's so much there that I want to kind of jump into. First of all, we need a verbal rewind and I need to know what word, what Scrabble word you, for, for what? What did you just, what did you say? At the very beginning, it was like the longest Scrabble word ever. You got to remember. You do not remember the Scrabble word that you, it like. What was it the was context? Am- it was I amazing. I just talked to you, you know. I'm, I'm literally going to end the editing. I'm going to rewind and put the word in there. No, it wasn't Effortless. frictionless, bro. I know it. That it was like for uh, two among us. <laughs> I, I didn't hear it crazy. Right? I don't know. It was it was crazy because I was sitting here and I was like, oh. "What did Doug just <laughs> say? What did he drop right there?" Here's the other thing, Doug. I need to know if I heard you right. Did you say kind of towards the beginning of your section that humans aren't self solvers? Is that what you said before I before I go like where I'm gonna go? I, I said they're not naturally do-it-yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go with yeah. I don't know that I see, said that exactly. See, I don't know if I agree with that because here's the thing. In my understanding, and, and, and this is just as a human being, we wake up in the morning and we are problem-solving machines. Like, how am I going to get from here to the bathroom? Problem. Oh, I'm going to walk. What am I going to wear today? Problem. That's oh, wrong. Black shirt. That's actually black. wrong, though. I I think we're I think all day every day our our brain is solving yeah. problems. Now here's here's where I want to go though, because me I'm not gonna contact support. I'm I'm gonna read the twelve uh, knowledge articles. I'm gonna uh, watch seventeen YouTube tutorials. I, I'm I'm gonna solve that problem. So. And I think there's a lot, maybe, I could be wrong. So, I think there's a lot of folks out there that are built that way. Hold on, hold on. So so you're, you're to, to break down two things, the first thing is humans are built to run on autopilot, right? And and so, and and I mean, Dan, Daniel Kahneman won a Nobel Prize on, on, on this whole basis. And, and the work that we do, you know, the effort that it takes for us to think and make a decision, it takes extreme effort. There's actually some research around you only have so like there's only so many decisions that you can make. I was actually just listening. Scott Galloway talked about the fact he lets somebody else decide what he's going to have for lunch because he doesn't want to waste his decision calories 
on making a decision about something that's not important because deciding what you're going to have for lunch uses up as much calories as mm -hmm. any other decision. Remember, decide homicide, same Latin root. Um, now, now to your point, George, you're not HubSpot's customer, right? You are, you're not. Because if you were HubSpot's customer, HubSpot would, would not be a $600 million company. You are at an extreme, extreme, this, this is your thing, right? This is, this is your obsession. This is your avocation as much as, as it is your vocation. So you want to dig in, you want to solve your, your, um, your, you know, it's the equivalent of a wine connoisseur, right? There, yes, there are people out there and, 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 and I think HubSpot does a great job of making it very easy for you to do that, right? For, for the use to do that. But, but look at HubSpot Academy and, and you'll leave, I know you'll agree with this. HubSpot Academy is not advanced education around HubSpot. It's good, solid education. Good, solid. It, it basically says, Hey, I can learn. I can listen. I don't have to search for a whole lot. It reduces the effort. It gives me good enough. Right. And I get, brought into the 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 HubSpot tribe. I, I don't disagree that humans are problem solvers, but humans are also herd tribe creatures. It is the issue that we deal with with remote and where people forget that um, proximity has the highest impact on high trust, right? When you're you tend to trust people that you're near because you get to know them. There so there's um I, again, I, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions and there are aspects, but I don't think you do that in every single aspect of your life to go through and, and, and find every video and do every video. And certainly are there individuals that are pure, absolute, extreme do-it-yourselfers? I'm sure there are. Um, that would so, be a very niche business to solve for just that. So here's my question though. It, you keep, you bring up herd, like herd mentality. Which, which I get and I understand. But my question is, is it herd mentality or is there a word that we haven't mentioned here today that it, it comes down to sometimes 70%, 80%, 90%, does it come down to laziness? No. Well, what's the difference? I think that's, that's oh. no. No, Go, I don't Julie. think it comes down to laziness. Go, um, Julie. Talk to me. And I um, com completely see and understand where um, Doug is coming from. Here, just given, um, I'm going to get through one of these without saying, well, I studied anthropology in college end. Um, just one. We'll get through one episode, maybe, probably not. Why, you know, 10,000 years ago, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have an encyclopedia, there wasn't a ton of, like, written information, there were no tutorials. How did you learn how to exist in the world? How did you find out that something was a food source or not? How did you learn the right way to cultivate plants when we as humans started doing that. It wasn't because you figured it out on your own all the time. Sometimes maybe you figured something out and you had a happy accident or something like that. But there is this idea of tribe, I think might be a stronger word than herd. Um, I think herd as linguistically is like loaded a little bit more than it is today. And it's uh, probably a very, very very three varies triple very recent change that we have all of the information at our fingertips to quote unquote solve our problems for ourselves but we're still looking for the problem that's been solved by someone why do i prefer hubspot's knowledge base when i'm referencing how to fix something i'm seeing in hubspot well hubspot created it 
they have the most recent information usually about their own software and that article is most likely to be correct. I'm looking at HubSpot as a person, right? They're a resource in my, in my tool belt in that kind of situation. Um, why? I, that's not why you go to HubSpot's, HubSpot's, you don't go to HubSpot's knowledge base because it's most likely, it's the most likely to be correct. It's the most likely not to be incorrect. That's why we go there. We do not make decisions. People do not pursue, I'm sorry, in a very small percentage of decisions that they make are pursuing the best choice. What they think has provides the best possible outcome. What they're choosing is what is most likely not to provide a worse outcome, right? We, and, and we don't wanna say it because it sounds bad and it's mean, our brains are lazy. We have lazy brains. That is, I mean. So I'm, I'm trying to find disagree. the path of least resistance. Is that what you're saying? We don't try to find the path of least resistance. We don't have to try to find the path of least resistance. When, when, I, when, a, when a child gets lost in the woods, where do they search? They search at the bottom of the mountain. They don't search at the top of the mountain. Why do they search at the bottom of the mountain? Because you go downhill. Because that's what so you do, because it's easier to go downhill. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I am going to state that I think that you can train your brain to be a different way. I, I think that I think that this I think that this search for mediocrity scares the crap out of me that you just said, Doug, because the fact that you wouldn't be searching for the best outcome for the only single thing that might impact your business, change your life, uh, radically revolutionize the universe. But because we're a human and we live in a tribe and caveman Bob ate berries and died, so don't eat those berries, freaking you, freaks me out right now. I got to be honest with you i'm like what you're you're, you're, you're misunderstand you're misunderstanding a little bit so so the, the 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 term is called satisficing so you're either maximizing or you're satisficing right we all maximize hang on hang on i don't want to forget our, this word satisficing satisficing it's it's combining oh there you go look it up <laughs> you can go to google um maximizing we all maximize in small percentages of our life. Re realize best outcomes are outlier outcomes. If you spent your entire life trying to pursue best in everything that you did, you wouldn't be able to get anything done. If you woke up in the morning and said, what's the best way to get to the bathroom to brush my teeth? You, you would, I wouldn't be able to make the debate at 930 um, to, to, to deliver the knockout punch. Um, so on the 23rd so yeah, it's, at it, inbound, he's saying, folks, on the 23rd, 930 it, inbound. That's what Doug's referencing. It, there, there's nothing wrong with this, right? It, it's just the way, I mean, frankly, it's what enables us to get through an insanely crazy world. We're, we're, we're exposed to thousands of impulses, right? What our, what our limbic system does is it filters things out to say, does this matter? And the reality is, in most cases... Most people are looking for what's good enough. And, and if you take a look at any great outcome, they're exceptional at a, at a very small number of things because, well, candidly, you can only be exceptional at a small number of things. It's just so I hear understanding how humans work. I hear what you're saying, which is interesting. As you're going down this approach, I, I wonder if this ties all back together with exactly this article that we're talking about and the line that I read at the very beginning, which talks about uh, simply focusing on the basics, 
becoming a master of the minutia and and helping them solve their problems quickly and easily. See, I, I'm going to say something I think Julie's going to like. I hope Julie's going to like it because I feel like I interrupted. Uh-oh. And I think it's striking to me that the world of sales and marketing builds itself as, as a discipline focused on, on human influence. And, and two elements that are missing far too often. Um, I think the world of sales and marketing needs more anthropologists and more behavioral scientists, right? Behavioral science is completely missing from the world of sales and marketing. Um, and and it, it's bizarre, right? And, and understanding how and why people do what they do and where we came from. And if all you're doing is focusing on what's changing and not understanding what's not changing, because by the way, and Julie, correct me if I'm wrong, our, human, our brain hasn't changed that much in the last however many thousands of years we've been roaming this planet, right? And we've got all these things around us. I, you know, I would make the argument that in, in many cases, some of these, you know, whiz bang, can anyone say Facebook tools are, are making us worse off. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Julie, I'm super curious on your thoughts of like anthropology and human psychology and sales, marketing and service. Like, please dive into that. Yeah. So, um, by the way, there is another great session at Inbound that I'm looking forward to. That's called something like an anthropologist walks into a bank. Um, and everyone should probably try to attend that one or listen to the video as well. Um, so one of the things that I've been harping on, uh, and George can probably attest to this lately, is the idea of how do we think better about the scientific method um, and how we develop sales and marketing strategy and analyze performance and things like that. And the scientific method exists not to prove hypotheses, but to disprove hypotheses. And maybe Doug, to your point that we're not looking for the best solution, we're looking for the solution that's least likely to be wrong as humans, kind of falls in there a bit. Um, so more of that thought process is probably a good thing. It's very easy to look at data and find the data, especially in the, the world we have today that supports what we want it to, right? You can argue any side of thing and find data, data points to back it up. I had a client email me recently and say, hey, we've had this many page views on our website. So we think we should have this extraordinary number of leads by the end of the year. And if you just look at his numbers, you could very easily say, yeah, that makes sense. But if you look at other numbers, you can say, maybe that doesn't make sense, right? Like, is this reality or can we disprove this concept um, is kind of the, the question I'm asking a lot lately. And um, probably more, more anthropologists might help us do that. More anthropologists might lead to more asking of questions, which is really important. Um, and it certainly helps me in marketing and in, in client services um, and consulting, especially. So if you're an anthropology student listening to this podcast, call Doug. Yeah, or, or just let us know, because I want to know if we've got like this mass community of anthropologists listening to the spot. We've think, arrived. We've arrived. We've officially arrived. I'm just going to say I, that right now. I, I actually think you'd be surprised how many people um, got an anthropology degree and realized that they need to make money. So then they got into marketing. Uh, I told that story this week. That's my story. I, I know, I know, I know like five different, I know five, the only people that I know that are anthropologists um, are, are in marketing and they're all, they're Here's, all exceptional. They're all exceptional. 
the, the thing that happens, right, is when you're in college or university and you're studying anthropology or social or behavioral science, you kind of end up with roads, right? You end up with paths. One of the paths is I'm going to go to grad school and I'm going to become a researcher or a professor. One of the paths is I'm going to figure out how to use this to do something to make money. And maybe one of the other paths is like, I'm going to radically do something else. You forgot one. Yeah. What's the other one? There's the path of opening up the dinosaur park. Oh man. Like in Star right. Wars where right. they like but cut him open no. and they, they like Jurassic, no. opening yeah. up yeah. Jurassic Park is what I'm talking about. No, right. no, no, no. From, I from like the, the Star Wars. For sure. I like the Star Wars. Um, 50 yeah. points, 50 so, points to but, anybody on the show, 50 points to anybody on the show who can tell me the animal that Luke Skywalker opened up and stayed warm in 50 points right now. Anton. Bam. Here's the thing, people. Time flies when you're having fun. I hate to cut off the show. We should just make it a two-hour show. But make sure you go and check out the show notes. Watch the video. Listen to the audio. For what it's worth, we actually add other sections into the show notes. Latest tutorials, latest interviews, all sorts of stuff. Make sure you're hitting the hashtag, hashtag the spot podcast. Make sure you're using hashtag Sprocket Talk. Let us know what you think of the conversation, the topics, all the things we do. Make sure you're reaching out to at RealJulieD, at Doug Davidoff, and Er. Max, Jacob, Cohen, and of course me at George B. Thomas to let us know your thoughts and dreams. And by the way, by golly, for all of what it's worth, go and watch the last part of this video because Doug's uh, representation of me is back up on the screen with the inbound debates. Inbound versus outbound. One last quick, like five word question for each and every one of you. When it comes to customer delight, is it a yes, is it a no, or what should people focus on between now and the next episode? Julie, go. Just do good work. Solve the problem better than others. Make sure you're on the same side of the table as them. And do all that, and we'll be waiting for you in the next episode.